Hi, my name is Stuart Alsop, and this is my podcast, Crazy Wisdom, where I interview creative people about how they work with and manage the stress that is inherent in creative work. What I've realized over the past 10 years of my research is that anybody who is creating something of value that is significantly different from what has come before is considered crazy. Most of us have a fear, an ingrained fear of going crazy. Uh, so what I'm saying is grab onto that fear, realize that it's there, and just go with it because the problems we're going to be facing over the next 20 years require crazy people in order to solve them. Welcome to the Crazy Wisdom Podcast. My guest here is Maria Fujihara, the founder and CEO of Sinai Technologies. Uh, and primarily, she's an environmentalist who has a deep spiritual practice. We actually just got done uh, filming or recording a interview in Portuguese, uh, which I'll be publishing. Um, and now we're going to do an English. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully I can... Uh, get a little bit more specific about the environmental side of things because I couldn't talk too much about that in Portuguese. So uh, what um, what is your definition of stress? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, this is great. Bilingual interview. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, it's great. Now I shift my English. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> it's kind of stressful. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'm already stressed. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so stress, definition of stress. I think, um, like we were talking before, stress can be either good or bad, depends on you know how much stress do you allow yourself to, to have mm. to be. Um, but I think, um, um, well, it, it's basically a mental disease. Um, from my, okay, everything that I'm gonna say here, again, I, I really have to do the, the, the <laughs> disclaimer. disclaimer. Yeah. This is all my personal beliefs, okay? Mm. All my personal thoughts. Don't go ahead and, you know, start judging me for whatever. This is mine. You can think of what, whatever you want. So, because when we start talking about this spiritual stuff, people start, you know, trying to, you know. Say you're wrong or. or yeah, or make you believe whatever they believe. And that's not my goal. I mean, uh, like we were saying, I think spirituality, it's very individual for each person. Like mm. we were talking just now, mm. maybe we'll go back to it. But yeah, I think we should just respect each other's point of view. And that's it. Mm. If you don't like it, turn it off. Mm. Uh, but <laughs> um, but stress for me, it's a mental disease. And it's really, it, it's, it's pro very problematic because the brain and our minds are really powerful. And it's actually our contact with the divine, with the universe, and, you know, also with our hearts and, you know, all these this spiritual things that we're talking about. So that's why I really like mm. the, the, the bridge that you build between stress and, and creativity mm. because it all actually comes from the mind. Mm -hmm. But it's when basically your mind is sick mm. because, you know, you, you were not really allowed to yourself to to or I don't know to be more organized or to to focus on what are the things that matter mm. so for me it's stress actually it's um it's the result of you focusing on 
uh, earth stuff, like material stuff and, you know, things that don't really matter mm. instead of focusing on your spiritual life and, your, you know, you know mm. on your guidance and the universe and the things that really matter. So let's talk about that, the, the connection between the spiritual plane and the material plane, because there's a lot of people who say that those two things are totally different. And then there's other people, non-dualists, who say that the whole uh, that's a duality. And, and if you look back, if you look deeply, then they're all connected. So what is the connection between the material and spiritual plane? Well, at the end, so I'm, I've been studying a lot about quantum physics late, lately and um, quantum world and how everything is energy. Mm. And we are actually all energy. Mm. Uh, uh, this is our real spiritual life, right? So we are part of the creator, right? The creator is energy. Is uh, and 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 the Big Bang actually existed. It was an energy explosion that created everything, including us. And since we are energy and we are part of the creators, we the creator, we are also creators, mm. and we can change things with this our mind and the energy that we have. But but at this moment, we are living this planetary Earth, planetary life that is. Um, So our bodies and the material stuff that is around us is just a projection. It's just a way of us to live here in this planet, to, you know, to learn. Because planet Earth is always part of an evolution process. And we are all evolving. Our souls are are evolving. And that's the real life. That's the the spiritual life. Mm. Earth and material and our bodies and the way that we are projected here is just a way for us to learn whatever we have to learn. Mm. And uh, yeah, Hindus they believe that we we should come in many different life forms, mm-hmm. and um, there are many people that already talked about this. Uh, I think I think it's possible. I I, I still have a something really formed about it, like an idea formed mm-hmm. really about this. I think it's possible that we should have come, uh, you know, as rocks and as <laughs> animals, and then as, as plants, and then you know. Um, so we can understand empathy and being more empathetic about everything because everything's part of the creation. Mm. But I think it's an evolution process. I don't think that, you know, once you come, you came as a human, I don't think you can really go back mm. I, uh, to, you know, being a rock. Mm. <laughs> or mm-hmm. I think it's an evolution process. Um, but yes, I think every time we come to Earth as... Um, as something that we decide before because so earth is the only planet oh. that actually has the, the the you know that that has two things that uh you have free will mm. because there are many others that don't have free will at all and that you actually forget everything that you had in mm. your previous lives in your, in your akashic um mm. Um, memories. Okay, Akashic memories. All right, yeah. Uh, So I've heard heard a lot about this and I've been reading a lot about it and I don't have any beliefs either way as to the validity of whether it's wrong or right or anything like that. Uh, um, But I wonder, how do you know all that you just said uh, there? How do you know that we have souls and that we have have an Akashic memory and all those things exist? (laughs) Well, it's funny because I'm a super scientist. Uh I think we talked about this before. It's funny how... Um, now in England, in the English <laughs> version, is just gonna show up this first. But uh, um, I, I, I mean, science is something that we created here, and it's a way of us to prove many things. And I really believe in the scientific method, but it's always again something that humans created, and humans can be so creative, right? Mm. We, we, we're talking about creativity. Uh, human, humans are the most creative species that ever you know that that was created mm-hmm. 
our nerve. Um, and um, and there are many ways of telling a different story. And every time a story is told, it, it you know it changes yeah. Ex exactly. Yeah. Uh, but you know the we have to look for the the roots of the knowledges, and that's what I've been trying to do. Uh, to understand what makes sense to me and you know I can do my own empiric and my own scientific mm -hmm. tests or faithful tests I don't know how you want to call it and if it makes sense for me I'm, 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 I'm good at that you know and this is the interesting thing because uh, we talked about scientific method in Portuguese but I, I didn't I couldn't yeah. talk very intelligently <laughs> about it but uh, what I've been thinking a lot is about is that the so I can know something empirically. I can know something by my observations. I can see it. But unless I turn it into a hypothesis, test that hypothesis, and then present that hypothesis to other people, yeah. it's not science. It's not accepted, yeah. Yeah, it's not accepted. So I just figured that out a couple of days ago. And to me, it doesn't help me in a lot of things in my life because a lot of things in my life, I'm the only one experiencing. Yeah. So it's like totally. science has been really helpful in creating this computer and creating this microphone so that I can... Uh, do these things, those are great things, but when it comes to, you know, whether I decide to, uh, how I uh, ask a girl out or something like that, it has no really meaning to me because that's a totally subjective uh, um, experience for me. So it's like, so, so, and in matters of faith, that's even more, more important because as we're talking, it's an individual path. It's something that you can only do on your own. Um, so this is the interesting thing that, that uh, science serves itself to, serves it to a point but then still, how do you know that something like the Akashic Records exists? From the, our listeners, the Akashic Records is, is it's basically like a library where uh, somewhere out in the ethereal plane that holds all of our lives, holds the story of all of our lives, um, and that some people through meditation can access that and um, also is involved somehow in astral projection. I don't really know, know why, which is when you, for example, when you're dreaming, you go into the astral plane and you go and project yourself. Um, and so how do we know, because a lot of that stuff, as we were talking about in Portuguese, a lot of it was what came up at the same time as Madame Blavatsky in these, these, in the spiritual time. I don't, I'm not sure there is a record of these things in, oh. in Hindu, in the Hindu, um, things. I think there is. Yeah. And this is, this is a current, I'm trying to figure this out right now. What is, because basically in the 1850s, you, in globalization, you had this merging of, what happened in the West in Brazil, which I'm now finding out from you, also happened in Brazil. Um, uh, so it was Brazil, United States, France, England. These people created new religions called spiritualism that then got changed into theosophy by Madame Blavatsky and then went to India and then became very popular in India and then influenced the Indian nationalists who started reading their own books like the Bhagavad Gita. A lot of the Indian nationalists found the Bhagavad Gita through Madame Blavatsky mm -hmm. and these people. They rediscovered these things because most people don't realize that all of the books were lost to mm -hmm. all cultures. Mm -hmm. So all of these scriptures were lost to everybody except for maybe like 0.001% of people who were still practicing these things. But mm -hmm. people stopped meditating for about a thousand years. People stopped doing it. The only thing they kept was prayer. Yeah. Uh, and so so all of this kind of disappeared from the, from the vernacular, from people's things. And then they started to rediscover it. And these Westerners, through a, this colonization also thing, kind of created this new thing that w has elements of the past in it through these scriptures. But then it's also new. And this is what I want to figure out. What is new and what is this older stuff? Right. Okay. We are talking about many stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. So many, <laughs> um, okay. The, the thing is, um, 
I, I've been studying a lot and there are many different references. Uh, you should look for Dolores Cannon. Mm. She is, uh, uh, hip, she, she does hypnosis with people. She already died a couple of years ago, but she actually have many videos on the internet talking about this um, old knowledge and the new earth. Mm. It starts there, but she talks about many things. But what her work, was basically uh, through hypnosis she could access um, the higher ego, like the higher self, mm. uh, the the conscious mind. Uh, you call it whatever you want. That she's mm. like I don't know the name, but mm. it's basically the the essence of every human being, right? So she she did this with many many people all over the world from different ages and stuff and. They were all telling very similar mm, stories, yeah. and she has all these in records. And it's funny because you know she tried to prove it this as a scientific method, and mm. science didn't yeah. didn't accept <laughs> it. And you know, even though she proved uh -huh. through many, like that's my method, and that's how I do it. And it was repeatable. And the question would be whether other people, because that's the, the thing I see science con uh, people involved with science constantly doing is not even trying to repeat something. So the question is, would whether other people would be able to get the same results as, as she would right. um, in doing the same test. Did that happen? Or? That happened okay. too. Yeah, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. She, she teaches many people and there are many people accessing and doing the same stuff. Mm -hmm. Also, I'm proving that this is real. But, you know, I think, I think scientists sometimes are so, I don't know. Um, Skeptical. Yeah, and, you know, close-minded mm -hmm. to to some things that, you know, just don't, they don't, don't want to, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> how, I, how do I say this expression in English? Like, they just don't want to, sota osso, you know, like, uh -huh. let the bone out. You know, when uh, there's a dog uh -huh. holding a bone and you try to get the bone or, you know, something in his mouth and you, and you cannot. Yeah. That's how I see scientists uh -huh. sometimes. Which I mean, which is which is I think there is value in that, and there's value in skepticism because it allows us to really step back and ask ourselves to not to not judge yeah, something immediately. But then there's sure. also a line where 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 skepticism turns into cynicism and turns into uh, preconceived belief that prevents us from accessing new exactly. new um, sure. new fields of knowledge. For example, I've been in yoga. We talk about fascia a lot, connective tissue medical science basically ignored this part of this connective tissue for the last, uh, you know, uh, 30, 40 years. Now we're finding out that connective tissue, fascia, these things that medical scientists had yep. ignored for a long time yep. is actually really important for yep. our health. And, and, and Tata healing, like all these new cures that are showing up. Mm. But, but okay, so uh, uh, what is happening is actually that Earth is in a process now of going to the fifth dimension, right? So we are going to, today we have four dimensions, right, X, Z, W, and time. Mm. And we are going to find the fifth dimension now. And there are people already living on the fifth dimension. Uh -huh. It's like... But to live there, you ha just for, have to believe it. For my listeners, I want to explain that a little bit more. So <laughs> X, Y, and Z are like spatial. Uh, so I am. The grids. I'm six foot five in height. Yeah. I'm. I have width as well, and then I have another dimension. Uh, uh, it's. Uh, I don't know. It's profundidade. Um, prof profoundness. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's weight, height, and. Uh, mass. Um, maybe it's mass. So there's three. And then we have time as well. So there's space and time, four dimensions. But keep on going. Right. So um, what I've been understanding is that so we are in a process of evolution. Earth is evolving and many things are happening to, to everyone that is living on Earth now. And we are 
shifting and and, and and shifting our energy and transcending this stuff. And as we do this, many of this knowledge is getting it's being open to us because we have been lived kind of in a shelf, like kind of uh, isolated for from for, for the rest of the universe. Mm. That's um, uh, that's why you know we have. Uh, some records of, you know, extraterrestrials, contact and stuff, but we cannot really prove anything. Uh, but it's just because they live in the, the in different dimensions than than us, mm. than we do. But they exist, okay? Mm. They're they there. <laughs> there are over 200 billion stars uh -huh. in this universe. Of course they exist. Yeah. It's like too, too presumptions to believe that we are the only ones here. It's that like, life, life could no. only happen here. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, so I don't know if you saw this movie. Mm. Um, it's called The Deadline. It's about how, uh, so th this year is going to make 50 years that the man stepped on the moon the first time, uh, July 20th this year. And this is when actually the deadline ends for, so we were in an isolation mode. We have been in isolation mode for many, many years, but we had like, so there are councils all over the ga galaxy. And when the man stepped on the moon the first time, there was a council that decided that we would have 50 years to prove ourselves as humanity. Mm. I don't know if you heard of this. No. <laughs> okay. From the time that we stepped on the moon. Yeah. Okay. Because it was the time that we went to space. Uh -huh. So it was the time that we got out Jumps. of yeah. our, our little planet mm. and got into space. Um, but before that, a little bit before, during World War Two. Um, they were already, well, they have been observing us and trying to contact us for many, many times. Actually, they are not allowed to contact us. They will be after our, they, I, I, I mean, our our siblings, our space siblings, okay, universe siblings, uh. um, because there are many. Uh. Um, they were not allowed to contact us before that, but they have been observing us, especially after we discover nuclear power, because nuclear power is actually the, the energy of the cosmos. It's the atom energy and uh, we are like little kids playing with you know a, a huge bombs. power bombs <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. S and after we exploded the the, the bomb um, in, in Japan uh, they were all the, the rest of the galaxy were like okay we have we really have to look out mm. for earth because they don't they don't know what they are doing at all and if anything happens to earth it will e impact the entire galaxy if we explode earth mm. everyone would be impacted so they have been you know and and it's funny because i even i lived in nasa mm. and many of the astronauts that i'm i met there they were like yeah of course it they exist <laughs> yeah. i just we just cannot say it but uh. yeah we've seen it we contact them we know that this they exist uh. but it's just government like coming back to politics and you know who has the power uh -huh. today they don't want the masses to know because although there's they an Controlling uh, caveat that. to that, which is that uh, uh, there are entrepreneurs who believe this and they're very clear about it. But then and there are politicians who get money from those entrepreneurs. For example, Hillary Clinton has been open about aliens because she has a, somebody who uh, gives money to her that uh, believes very deeply in these stuff, both <laughs> Hillary and Bill. So, yeah. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. That's yeah. funny. So I would say it's probably not the politicians, but it's probably the, the people the politicians serve, which is, which is um, people uh, who would be very scared by the idea that aliens exist. So. Yeah, mm -hmm. but that's the thing. So thank God we are shifting. The mm -hmm. earth is shifting and our energy is shifting. And this things are going to be open you know mm. it's not gonna it's not like oh july 20 
2019, we're going to have a huge meeting and all these spaceships are going to come to Earth. No, that's uh -huh. not it. Uh -huh. um, these things are going to come gradually because, yes, many people are, are going to be scared. But, you know, don't be scared. You know, mm. don't be afraid. This, uh, you know, that are, they are good. They are trying to, to help us to mm. see the truth because we are... Like I said, we are still the first steps of the evolution process. These people are much more evolved mm. than us. You know, mm -hmm. they are ahead of us. Actually, human was uh, human sapiens. Mm. It's a race that was created by mm. extraterrestrials. <laughs> we can talk about this later. But, um, but what I'm saying is now that this we are evolving and Earth is changing uh, to to the fifth dimension, and now this knowledge is is going out there. You know, so I. I was just in Brazil for two months and it was actually when I started stu studying this really deep and I realized that the same type of information is coming from different parts of the world and everybody's talking about the same things so we are even mediunity how do you say this like um, when someone is a medium um, a medium Okay, uh, even this is evolving. Uh, before that was through ectoplasm, so you you had to leave your body and receive another one. But today, actually, you can just receive messages through mm -hmm. your through pineal gland. Through the crown of your head. Yeah, your in, pineal in, gland. In the pineal gland, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so everything is evolving. And like even these new cures, so things are... This is how I know that this is true because there are many different messages and things are uh, are all really changing and you know really to live in the fifth dimension you really just have to believe it uh -huh. that's what it is and the interesting thing is that so my meditation teacher he is a former physicist and so he keeps on dropping things like uh, we'll be in meditation practice and and he'll be teaching me something about meditation and then he'll be like and physicists know that the uh, whole universe is made out of 11 dimensions <laughs> and yeah so there are 11 dimensions out there i, I have think no idea what many. that means i think there are many many but ph physicists have proved that there are 11 dimensions oh. so they have mathematical proof got for it, 11 got it, got it. and this is coming from him I, I i don't know i don't know how to prove that there are 11 dimensions but uh but yeah i, I have heard this this what you're talking about i haven't heard it so specifically and detailed yet but uh um uh but yeah this is really interesting so part of me wants to talk about how this involves with creativity but i guess we could start with so how does this um how did this all this stuff lead to what you're doing right now with your company sinai <laughs> <laughs> okay go back to work um well it's funny because i started sinai i mean it, it's a process everything it's a process everything's a learning for me to be connected with the environment it's something that i it's it's in, it's my essence i i've never yeah, I don't see, I don't, I don't understand why, you know, we have been doing businesses the way that we have been doing, you know, without any consideration to anything. Like, did you see the, the news that this dam just exploded in Brazil? Mm -hmm. Okay, it was mm -hmm. huge mm -hmm. environmental. It's not an accident. It's, it's a crime. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's just a result of, you know, our previous governments that were so corrupted and, um, yeah, so it, it, a dam from mining uh, waste mm. was exploded in, in in this place that it's like it it would it was a sanctuary like a super sensitive environment and now it's everything is destroyed mm. you know it's like chemicals and chemicals and mm. um, 
But you know what? I think that we actually have to save humans and not the earth mm. because earth is going to keep going with humans or not. Mm. We really have to change the human's mindset. Mm. And that's what I... So since I love earth so much, that's where I did... Instead of, you know, just going there and trying to save the whales, I'm trying to save human's mindset mm. and through businesses. Mm. And what makes sense to me is to create businesses that make sense to business people. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I really, I have to talk their language. I cannot, you know, I, okay, I, I cannot go in the meeting and start <laughs> Say talking what you just said. about yeah. the fifth dimension <laughs> and extraterrestrials yeah. if I really don't know the person that I'm talking to. But, um, uh, and I, I, cha I would change, you know, my, yeah. my, my head would be completely different one the because language would be different. completely yeah. different language and everything. But, you know, it's just that, that's what it is and that's how they have been doing businesses for over 50 years and i'm trying to change this mm. but i'm trying to change with kind of the same approach that they are used to so that's how i think sinai combines uh, a bit of what i am a bit of what i believe and what i think that are next steps for humanity so yeah it's through technology it's true social impact businesses it is true knowledge it is true you know an aggregation of systems complex systems that only a computer can do and uh it's true it's through businesses so we uh, what we actually do is that we put a price on environmental pollution and on um environmental technologies that we reduce pollutions mm -hmm. so yes unfortunately it it is what we have today. Capitalism will change. I know it will. Mm. Um, but, you know, we have to talk the language mm. of humans. Still. So, Sinai, uh, how does it place a price on, um, on carbon? Uh, so, there are different methodologies, and our software actually aggregates all of them. Mm. So, first we do an evaluation of the business as usual, like the business that the company have been, historical data. Um, we collect the data, environmental and financial data. Then they go to, uh, they start building low carbon scenarios for the future. So we have like a huge, we are building a huge database with solutions mm -hmm. for specific sectors. Right now we are starti starting off with the steel sectors, mm -hmm. exactly the mining company. Mm -hmm. Uh, this steel sector, um, but we we can go. We are going to go through many others: energy, transportation, waste, mm. Um, mm. paper products, food. Mm. Anyway, um, and then we have a bunch of different uh, technologies in in the database that they can choose from, or they can add their own. Uh, and then we build uh, marginal abatement cost curves, mm. which are uh, it's a financial uh, methodology to start putting a price on the co uh, on the costs that they will have to implement those mm. those mm -hmm. uh, technologies uh, together with carbon emissions reduction. Mm. Okay, I, I just got really geek now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, the, and then we combine this internal data with external data, uh, building different scenarios from the the IPCC, uh, the Intergovernmental Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, uh, coming from the Paris Agreement. Like, what are future demands? For example, 
of still uh, base of you know population growth and what are going to be future prices of electricity of future prices of oil then we bring everything to present value mm. and we tell them okay this is the best decisions you should be making so mm. it's based off their data own data external data mm. scenarios that we build and we give them recommendations uh, for strategy companies mm. strategy mm. so it's like really so when we model like this we are able to compare all the projects that the new investments you know new projects that they're they gonna start to implement with the same variables so it's like a project for let's say an example a rooftop solar in one of their facilities uh, or they they don't know if they want to put a rooftop solar or if they want to put I don't know LED bulbs or if they want to put wind wind energy let's compare this uh, what are the best outcomes and mm-hmm. what's the best project that should be implemented then? And yeah. so does this, do, and does a company, are they signing on to this voluntarily as in they're going to, they see that um, regulations are going to start turning towards uh, taxing carbon or is this they're something both. because it's already happening? They're both. So yeah. we also put, uh, so we also do some risk analysis, mm-hmm. non-physical risk analysis um, in terms of, policies that are going to be created or or locations that already have policies implemented um, market like what what's the economy is going to look like in a couple of years mm. um, technology what are the new technologies coming up you know like solar plane mm. you know like anything that might influence or and also reputational risk so they have to consider all this mm. to make decisions you mm. know so we, we give them insights on um, yeah transitional risks and how they would influence their businesses in the future. That's interesting. How did you get your first customer, if you can talk about it? Yeah. Um, well, it, it was through my dad's connection. Uh-huh. He, he has been working with sustainability over 30 years. He, got, he knows everyone in Brazil. He connected me to, to the company, and they were already... They already wanted to implement mm. a carbon pricing scheme, but since today this is done all through consultants, it's super expensive, it takes months. Mm. They were already tired of using the same tool, so what it, they really wanted is was a tool actually for their team to use it. So that's kind of how we came, like kind of like the universal line because we wanted to create this product already. Mm. And, and that's really interesting. So you're essentially taking what the consultants are charging a lot of money to do and then doing it in software. Got it. All right. That's exactly, very cool. Yeah. And so are you, um, and you have customers here in America now too, right? Not yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. They are all in Brazil, but my plan is to open the market this year here. Okay. Very cool. Um, and that's, that's amazing. So what moving, cause you said in Portuguese in our earlier discussion that you had been in nonprofits and stuff like that. And now you're in, um, doing uh, building a business, what has been the hardest transition from those two sectors? Going from nonprofit mm-hmm. in this place that's maybe a little structured to something that's here uh, that's kind of not structured at all um, and building something. <laughs> I don't know nothing. which <laughs> one is more or less structured uh, because sometimes you know, like um, I think like fundraising, for example, mm. we need uh, both sectors needed. Yeah. Well, now it's almost more important I'm than nonprofits. Yeah. yeah, yeah, uh-huh. all the time. Yeah. Like you have to ask money, please help mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. It's like so hard. Mm-hmm. And now 
okay, now I really can build a product and, you know, I can bring value to customers. So I really like this because, and, and you know, this was something that I was trying to create in my previous work, whereas we, we created a, method, a, a certification process for homes in Brazil. So it it's not, uh, certification systems, they do not, produce much money to the company itself, but they move the market towards that direction and create business for many people. So that's interesting. And what I'm trying to do is kind of the same principle for, for from the private sector perspective, mm -hmm. um, not to create our own standard. Um, we'll get there for sure. Um, but to, to kind of, you know, shift the way that business have been doing things to to a new way of doing things mm. you know to a new way of doing businesses um but uh i think you know at the end they they all all the sectors they overlap mm. you know because politicians are business people business people are politicians and uh, non-profits probably are uh -huh. are business and people too from all those people. exactly yeah. and yeah. at the end yeah. i would say you know maybe there are people that are still working on profits and do believe that you know they can change the world which i think it's amazing yeah. but today and you know, I, I would say just keep doing it. But today, I don't have this. Um, this, I don't think that this is the way anymore, mm -hmm. because y y yeah, you know, you have to keep asking for money so you can survive. But with a, a private businesses or a, a, you know a private company, you can just create that value for yourself, mm -hmm. and you can make things happen faster. Yep. So, this is what I really like about um, being the mm -hmm. creating my own company and private sector now. So you've uh, uh, you have a lot of beautiful things to share about spirituality and meditation and uh, uh, and it seems like you have a lot of ideals that you stick to uh, and then this is a question that I'm asking because I've faced it myself which is that I have a lot of ideals I have, but sometimes it leads into naivete and, and kind of like expecting things to work in, in this ideal fashion uh, but then when you get down in the trenches it actually works in a different way for example fundraising requires a, a level of, 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 of um, cunning or kind of like... Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how Have do you... Have you ever fundraised? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I, not successfully, but I fundraised. Uh, and... Uh, well, no, that's not true. I did, I did fundraise for, uh, successfully. But uh, how do you deal with this, this, this disconnect between the ideals and the necessity of... of wow, yeah, yeah. That's a great question. Um yeah, I'm still learning because yeah, fundraising can be so frustrating. But you know what I realize? I mean, I'm I'm always fundraising. I'm not hundred percent focused on this because I can't. I I have to like I said, build everything at the same time. I have to build product. I have to find customers. I have to get people to the team. I have to you know get salespeople. So many things. Um, but I'm always fundraising a little bit. I'm always talking to investors and I'm always um, understanding the market. But um, I, I, I also don't really agree with um, how people fundraise here in the Valley. It's just too much fluffy stuff. You know, it's like, uh, it's like a black box. Of, uh, you don't even know what they are selling at all. And people are putting money on stuff that don't really matter. Yeah. And what, that's something that I, I, I don't agree. And I don't want to do this to myself. So that's why I'm not fundraising so hardly. Because I think that 
if I build something that my customers will like, you know, that's the most important. Part. Yeah, yeah, that's what really matters. Nice. And money comes in different ways, you uh, know. And um, I think if I keep just focusing on the product and um, bringing in clients, mm. investors will come in. Yeah. Uh, even though I need volatility to keep, you know, building because also my customers are very big companies and I need to grow. So, you know, but I'm talking to specific investors, mm. investors that I know that will bring value to me. I don't want just any type of money. Mm. I don't want to create, uh, <laughs> uh, how do you say it? Um, a karma process, uh -huh. a bad karma process yeah. here. So, and this yeah. is reminding me about just what I've going through in my own life about how it's really fundamental if you want to build something that lasts when you start from the foundation and you align, basically, your align your spirit with your with your mental state with your emotional state and with your physical state and if you start for that alignment from the highest part you can essentially ev everything else just kind of that falls good. into place that's interesting yeah mm -hmm. yeah i believe that mm -hmm. for sure yeah so we've got a couple minutes left what is one book that you've been reading or one article or one thing that has helped you kind of deal with stress or become more creative hmm. in the last month Okay, we are ending February. I'm I'm finishing my fourth book of the year already. Um, but um, I'm 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 finish. Actually, I'm I've been reading this one. <laughs> it's it's very hard one to read, but it's really good. It's mm. called The Order of Time, mm. from Carlo Rovelli. Mm. He's a physicist. Mm. Also, he's a, an Italian phys physicist. Physicist. Mm -hmm. um, and he talks about how time doesn't exist, mm. and, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and which I love because it's like okay, you know, if it doesn't, if if it, it yeah, and it, and actually it does really not exist. Uh -huh. uh, it's crazy. It's mind blowing. Um, it's actually what Einstein Einstein started to research before he died. Mm. Um, it's kind of like the creation of, and it's very quantum physics, but um. For me, it's like, it's really, it's being a process of understanding. It's a hard book, but it's amazing because um, now I only focus my time on things that really matter. Mm -hmm. I'm, I, I'm being procrastinated, uh, procrastin my procrastination levels mm -hmm. have dropped down so much, uh. you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm someone that it's always looking for things, you know, like for, for references. And, uh, you know, I'm always changing my brain and mm -hmm. to, to many different references, but um, now that I understood that, you know, time doesn't really exist, mm. I, I'm really focusing on things that matter. And you, but you know, uh, mm. there are things that, <laughs> anyway, I would definitely recommend this book. It's really great. What's it called again? Uh, the Order of Time. The Order of Time. Cool. Um, he, 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 he tries to be very, um, didactic in mm -hmm. uh, and explaining this stuff because it's really hard but he he explains like newton uh physics and uh copernic and mm -hmm. plato you know all these other guys that were talking about physics before mm -hmm. einstein and then how einstein combined everything and then now how quantum physics is actually combining all this knowledge mm -hmm. it's really interesting mm -hmm. um uh, let me see if there's any other one. Um, there is this one. It's called The Mutation Point. Um, it, I think the name, it's Carl. I forgot. The, the, 
limitation point. I forgot the name of the author. Okay, it's the same, the Tao of Physics. The Tao, you know this book? No, it sounds like a cool book. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, this other one, oh yeah, uh, Fritjof Capra. Uh -huh. Fritof, Fritsch, no, I don't even know how to say his name. It's called The Mutation Frit Point. Right, so yeah. he, Frito, he, Capra, he wrote this book, the first one, The Tower of Physics, uh -huh. which is really amazing one because, again, it mm -hmm. combines, it's the intersection between faith and science. Mm -hmm. I love it. These, these are my favorite uh, topics <laughs> always. Um, and he explains a bit of quantum physics and how... Um, yeah, everything is connected to cosmos and stuff. Mm. Uh, and the second book is The Mutation Point. Mm. It's the one that I'm reading right now. It's also very interesting. It's about mm. everything. It's mm. like mm. science, philosophy, uh, anthropology, um, like all the big topics. <laughs> you know, to, to go through work, you have to learn so much stuff, so uh. many things, so many, you know, different subjects and topics so you can you know start creating mm -hmm. maybe yeah. to be more creative, creative. <laughs> probably <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show thank you Stuart yeah. it was really nice talking <laughs>